Oh, hi, Mark. Yep, today is a disasterized episode. Woo, that was yeah. a good one, right? That was, that was good. That was, that was, that was good. It's pretty good, Greg. Oh, wow. Um, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, give us a five-star rating if you can. And follow us on at Plotline Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm really excited for this episode. You should be. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Plot Lines and Popcorn. Uh, I'm your friendly neighbourhood host, Dapo. And I can confirm that that is true. Thank you, Toby. I, and I'm, concur. I concur. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm joined today by... Toby, as you just said. And... The Right Honourable Tom. Why are you right and honourable? You are no such Why were you right and honourable last week? Oh, because I'm a closet politician. Talking about last week's episode, um, when we were discussing Justice League, you made like a whole point about mm. Superman's uh, padded arms or something. I was yeah, no, I, the costume. I, the costume. And, I, and I was listening to the episode back mm. like a few days ago and yeah. I was proper laughing. You sounded so like your dad. Like, oh, oh yeah, well, Chike. You know, I watched Justice League and I hated that. You know, no, apart, but apart why has he got apart like, from that foreign bloke? Why has he Aquaman, got like elbow I didn't like. Pads. I didn't like the elbow. Shin why has he pads? got shin pads on his costume? <laughs> they were blue shin pads, mate. Fucking I'm, scales. Like you, your biggest concern about Justice League was Superman. No, costume. my biggest concern about Justice League is the fact that Zack Snyder should be unemployed for the rest of his life. Oh, I completely forgot to do a, uh, a popcorn pun as well. So we've got onto. Oh, I've got, I've got one for you. I've got one for we're you. We're not doing that. This we? episode. It's going to pop like corn. Moving on. And when uh, you pop like corn, you enjoy it, so you're going to enjoy this show. Yep. Yeah, how's everyone's week been? Fucking hell. That's been good. <laughs> it was okay up to that point. Yeah, it was, it was wasn't right. it? It's Christmas party season, isn't it? It is. It's Christmas party season. I just had my Christmas party. Yeah, was there a lot of snow? Uh, no, I don't I don't mix with the devil's flower. No, oh, I, sure? Um, I did a, a quite a brilliant rendition of Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars Yeah. during karaoke. Uh, did you get drunk. the baritone right? Oh, I think I did. Yeah, that's good. But the bass was heavy. Oh, yeah. You know, the beats are fresh. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tom? How's your week been? Yeah, all right. I had my Christmas party. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it? it wasn't as bad as last year, so that's good. And I got... You, what, what happened last year? You can't say that without mentioning last year, man. No, Tom legally, works. I literally can't mention last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this year... Under contract, I love it. This year, I... I set out to only have one drink, and you, I feel like you do that at every sort of Christmas party. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. had three mm. so far. I've said it every time. I was literally one of the last people to leave <laughs> Treats Form and ended up drinking just on a park bench at four in the morning on South Bank. Was it K-Cider? Did you get stabby? No, no, no. I didn't get stabby. It was, uh, it was some cronies. But funnily enough, we found these Swedish... Swedish? Swedish. That's, I think that's how they pronounce it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we were talking to them about the room. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, no way. Me and a friend. And uh, did you convert them they to? They did not like the room. <laughs> <laughs> we had to walk away whilst also shouting obscenities. At oh, them. fuck him. And that's when you got stabby. No, I didn't. <laughs> Again, legally, can't mention anything. Okay. Before we move on, I'd just like to point out. I was going to ask you how your week was. Oh, my weeks are always shit. We don't need to talk about my week. You said it was good. Uh, yeah, that's what everyone who's secretly covering up for their uh, deportation schedule is trying to. Mm. Front by saying, yeah, let's um, get Toby to stay in this country. Hashtag Toby stays. Toby stays. What are you saying, Toby? What's, what's oh up? no, I just wanted to bring up that you know that a couple of weeks ago when we did that um, that challenge or the segment where we had to talk about how overrated a film was in mm. thirty seconds and the where for- we had to wear dresses. Yes, the forfeit was that we had to take photos of ourselves in dresses and post them on our Instagram page. Now, some of our listeners may be wondering where those 
photos are. Two of them have been taken, one has not, and that one is Tom Butler's. Tom, what do you have to say for yourself? So, first of all, I have to say, I've been very busy and haven't had time I'll to swear. put on the dress yet. I'm going to do it tonight. But I, yeah. I don't think it was helped by the fact that I was receiving phone calls from you at three in the morning. So I want to see you in a fucking dress, mate. Saying, please wear the dress. Is there anything wrong with that? I care about I care about seeing you it's live no, your we're life. We're in 2017 now. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. This domestic is great, by the way. Carry on, guys. But the text messages mm. of, from you saying, yeah. please wear the dress. I just kiss, want to see, see what face. you look like, mate. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think you'd look very good in a little black dress. On a serious matter, uh, listeners, I'm going to put it on in a minute. And I'm going <laughs> to oh. not be wearing tights. Oh, oh, wow. oh. We're, we're being blessed <laughs> today. Stay blessed, hashtag. <laughs> oh, um, I finally watched Ingrid Goes West. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I did. What did, I did. you think? It was great, it? very dark. Mm. Yeah. But really good. good. It was really good. It reminded me of the film um, The Talented Mr. Ripley. In the, Should I in, see that? Yeah, yeah. Really good film, actually. Because in that film, this is about a guy who kind of weaves his way into some guy's life. Um, you know, basically stalks him. and That's the talented is obs- Ripley. Yeah, it? so played by Matt Damon. Yeah. Which is, funnily enough, where um, it, basically the film that made Tommy Wiseau name... Mark, Mark in the room because he thought it was Mark Matt after seeing that film. Crazy, huh. crazy trivia, yeah, so which, we'll be, which we'll get to more later. But um, yeah, it was it was really really weird. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, I think it it totally nails the pressures of of social media yeah. and mental uh, mental health. Yeah, health I, I, as well. I, I was surpri- I was surprised by um, Aubrey Plaza's performance because mm. to me she's she's usually just been like kind of one note. In a way, like that kind, kind of, of Arby Plaza kind of yeah, that kind of that kind of deadpan humor. Yeah, she's yeah, done yeah. that like a lot, but mm. this time she it was more much more of a nuanced performance, and I really liked it. Um, let's move into the headlines though, because we have a bit to discuss before we get into the main oh, we do. topic. Um, so first on the agenda, Quentin Tarantino's new Manson murder film is to be is to be released on August ninth, twenty nineteen. Uh, kind of, kind of set mark in the fiftieth anniversary of Sharon Tate's untimely murder. Wait, was she murdered on August the ninth, nineteen sixty nine? Yep. I think that's inappropriate. Inappropriate? Uh, just for, no. I, it's not that I personally have an issue with it. It's just Tarantino has a tendency to shoot himself in the foot because I know how he means something, but sometimes I see him make decisions that will just lead to controversy. Like whenever he has to defend violence in his films, it gets to a point where he just starts getting angry and kind of frustrated. I'm like, look, no, you are in the right. But you can argue your point in an intelligent way. He is now setting himself up for a massive controversy because there are going to be people who are slightly less intelligent than us who are going to accuse him of taking advantage of the Manson murders. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I understand that. I personally, I didn't even think about that. When no, I, but if it's the 40th anniversary of her news, murder, I just if the was, film isn't about her, then... I just thought it was just her, him paying homage. Yeah, but I other mean, people won't see it that way. Other people are going to go on Twitter course, and complain and say, yeah, 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 yeah. People love to get angry and mm. he's an easy target. So, yeah, I do understand that. What do you think about this time? Do you think it's a, well, think it's a bit it's weird? A, it's not a case of of the time between when it happened and when it took place. It's it's the it's what happened. Mm. Yeah. Like, this, being in the security of your own home and... As a pregnant woman. Yeah. Disgusting, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, but it's, it's worth noting that the film, as we found out recently, it's not actually about the Manson murders. It's not, is it? It's about, it's about like, these TV well, actors yeah. in Hollywood and around the time. The, the backdrop of yeah. the history, right? Which yeah. could be very interesting because you're going to hear a lot of 69 rock and roll. But I feel like the angle at this point is about the Manson murders and just sticking it on that date. He's kind of... He's going to be surprised by the controversy for some reason where he's kind of setting himself up for it. He is, isn't he? I mm. mean, I... I think the reason why we're hearing a lot about Manson murders is because 
if it wasn't about Manson murders and this, and if the film was actually about, or if the film was kind of marketed now as two TV actors in the sixties, I don't think anyone would give a shit regardless if it was Tarantino or not. No. But I guess him doing it against the backdrop, everyone's going to be really like, oh wow, it's about Manson murders. Because human beings are fucking sadists. Uh, yeah, and also because nobody gives a shit about TV actors in the 1960s, I guess. I mean, you want to see a film like that. I give a shit about Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I was very wrong for that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> R.I.P. Leonard Nimoy. On, in other news, Samuel L. Jackson is confirmed for a Shaft reboot uh, set for 2019. Is it a reboot or a sequel? Uh, apparently it's a reboot, apparently it's a sequel. Is this still we, Son I of have Shaft? No idea. We, there was a 2000, was it 2001 or was it 2000? 2000. 2000 film yeah. with Samuel L. Jackson and Shaft. I had no idea that existed. You don't over, remember that coming out? Of course, there were over a hundred million. I actually remember that coming office. out as a kid, and I, I was had no just, fucking idea. I was more surprised that it was a remake growing up because I remember there was a lot of promo it, around. It was, that. it was a remake. Yeah, no, sorry, not a remake. It's a sequel. It's a oh, sequel. That is, but apparently, this one is another sequel with Samuel L. Jackson's son because Samuel L. Jackson's shaft is the nephew of Richard Roundtree's shaft. Oh. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So we're so literally going through the ages like his roots. With uh, uh, the guy that they recast, uh, Nicky from Fresh Prince, as in the Independence Day sequel, Jesse T. Usher. Because the Shaft franchise has a history of high quality. So, <laughs> no, now something that pisses me off is that this whole Black Bond argument, people say, oh, yeah, no, but Shaft, we didn't really get to try it. I'm like, yeah, because every time you have an opportunity to make a good Shaft film, you fuck it up. There's one and it's 50 years old. Yeah, and it made it on a budget of like $100,000. Exactly. Or, or 500 Put some fucking something. effort in. I don't know. I mean, it'll be great to see another, uh, another Shaft film, but also great to see like a, maybe a more original take. But this is Hollywood, and it won't, get, fun- too much. It won't get funded without uh, you know, a certain IP behind it. So fair mm. enough, fair enough. What do you guys think of this, though, a Shaft reboot? Sounds fun, sounds I cool. don't want it to be a reboot. If they want to... No, no, no I, I don't, no, I don't care. I really don't care. Come up, like you said, come up with a new original idea. I'll probably still see it. I'll probably roll my eyes. I'll probably like it. <laughs> I just drink every day at this point and <laughs> get through life, you know? Yeah, the, the, the film industry has really just fucking stamped it's us fucking down depressing. now. Yeah, we, we will see anything. Mm. I'm just going to say, if it doesn't have Isaac Hayes on it, then fuck it. Yeah, what's he doing these days? He's dead. <laughs> I just want to point out that I do remember him dying. Yeah, that was, that was humour on our part. Uh, Oh, man, okay. Um, in 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 other news, Danny Villeneuve expresses interest in directing a Star Wars film. Uh, it's a bit late for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like, "There's the free." If uh, Ryan Johnson was to let him do one of the free new ones, I, I don't think mm. he would. I think Ryan Johnson's going to be like, "Well, no." It's going to be like, all free. I don't really want to do that. Denis Villeneuve was recently connected with the next Bond film. Yeah, and he came. I was like, "I would uh, rather remake Dune." Yeah. Not June from the eighties. Yeah. So why is he now talking about Star Wars? Like I give a shit. Like he's a good director. He's a great like, director. Yeah, but eh. the, the, I have a feeling though that if he was to do a Star Wars film, it'd be very boring, dull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, loads of long shots and atmosphere. It just makes What's me atmosphere really, doing in Star Wars. It just makes me laugh because it's like going to a restaurant with your mate and asking for a chip after you've left, and yeah, yeah. you're just like, what on earth is exactly, going on, man? Like Denny, like. Why are you doing that? Souls is done for the time being. There isn't any other films that mm. aren't directed by Ryan Johnson or J.J. Nah. Abrams coming out. You should have mentioned this like three years but ago. But you know what film I do want to see? Denis Villeneuve remaking the Care Bears movie. 
live action CGI motion capture and then Thunderbirds after that with no no, no I will do Thunderbirds I will do Thunderbirds you can uh, fucking keep his hands off Andy Serkis in the Care Bear one he's, he's set to play all the Care Bears I swear yeah, yeah. oh mate I'm gonna take my kids to that yeah man it's gonna be CGI performance mm. of the year oh yes uh, also there's gonna be a live action Pokemon movie called Detective Pikachu oh that's not that's not <laughs> news yeah yeah it's been out for a while what does that mean? I don't know. It's I have be, no fucking clue. It's going to be Pikachu with a Sherlock Holmes hat, you know, uh, solving mysteries and like... Elementary. <laughs> I don't know why they think we want this. Ash. Ash is like, be- surely the first Pokemon film should be about Ash. Like, she's based on the, um, God, the original imagine, TV show. Imagine being a sidekick in your own film. Like... Absolute mess, Ash. <laughs> it's really weird seeing Ash as a 10-year-old kid actually played by a kid, not as a 10-year-old kid who looks about 17. You, oh, my God. It's going to be fucking... Finn Wolfhard, isn't it? It's Finn Wolfhard is Ash Ketchum. It's probably just going to You know, just gonna I wouldn't mind that. You know, we like Finn Wolfhard Finn, on this show. Finn Wolfhard, you know? Yeah, like, Wolfhard fans. When's it coming out, though? Uh, he'll, uh, he'll be... Next few years, I guess. Exactly. Turning into a man by next year. Yeah, he's going to be like... Mm. Voice breaking and all that. You like, know, we want that Commando remake, yeah? Oh, yeah. Referring to that Wolfhard. funny... Funny pick we posted that wasn't that funny. Yeah, what, what do you guys think of this? Uh, a live-action Pokemon movie. You here for it? Nah. Even though Hollywood has had a really bad history of like uh, live action anime films, Cough Cough, The Last Airbender. Cough, this cough. just seems like another they, one. Are they going to get Scarlett Johansson to play Pikachu? Ghost <laughs> <laughs> in the Shell star. Probably. Although Pikachu speak English. I mean, that new, um, they don't really release the Pokemon films in the cinemas in the UK anymore. But they, the most recent one, they've actually got Pikachu speaking English. Really? Yeah. yeah. Ash asks him, um, why won't you get back in your Pokeball? And it's the only time I felt genuine emotion watching a, well, a clip from Pokemon. He goes, because I always want to be with you. Oh, and I- everyone in the cinema, because it was recorded via camcorder, is like, oh! <laughs> but it's all like 20-something-year-old dudes watching this, man. Yeah. You know what audience. I mean, uh, Pikachu speaking English, don't know how I feel about that. Um, not even Ebo or Yoruba. <laughs> Can you imagine? Mm. Pikachu ordering Ebo. Uh-huh. Um, finally, in uh, in our news this week, Disney and 20th Century Fox, the talks are back on for Disney to buy it. No, they're mentioning buying their properties, not the actual studio. Yeah, buying the properties was pretty much buying everything, isn't it? No, 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 but that, that implies buying, buying that... Buying their stake in Hulu, buying their stake in XYZ. Yes, but when you say the story is Disney are buying Fox, that implies that when you next go to a Fox film, instead of saying, uh, well, it used to say a news corporation company, it will say a Walt Disney company. Okay, yeah, fair enough. That fair is enough, not, enough. it's not a corporate takeover. That's all, that's They're not just sport. looking to buy a piece like X-Men, etc. That's still not, I mean, for, for the film fan in me... Mm. Um, I would love to see X Men and Fantastic Four in the MCU. Well, now Hugh as, Jackman's gone, they can just reboot X Men. Uh, as a as a as a study of economics, amongst other things, mm. this is the worst thing I've heard in my entire life. This yeah. is, just sounds like it's just going to be a crazy um, monopoly of power. But it won't. That's what I'm industry. saying. Because Fox will actually have the idea to come up with their own shit. Yeah, but it also means also means that Disney also going to buy uh, Avatar. Also going to buy Deadpool. Are they looking to buy Avatar? Oh, you've got Avatar Land opening in the uh, Disney parks. And, and and after a while, you're just going to be like, Disney are going to literally take like over 50% of the yearly box offices. Mm. This is going to be crazy. Well, Hollywood has a history of getting very mad with power and then being cut down by the US government. Any of you familiar with, well, not that many would be. Most definitely not. Age, but there was a court case in the late 40s called the United States versus Paramount Pictures. Oh, yeah. This was back in the days when film studios would own their own theatres. So you'd have MGM cinemas, Paramount theatres and all sorts in the States. 
But it became an issue of these cinemas would only show the films that the companies wanted them to show. So there were monopolies everywhere and it wasn't yeah. good for business. So the uh, US government stepped in and was like, no, you can't do this anymore. That's why you now have AMC and all these cinemas that aren't owned by the, the-, uh, by the-, by the studios because it just-, it just wasn't working. So well, if it does get to a point where Disney do have a monopoly, something will happen. Something will happen. We should have to wait for something to happen, though. You know. No, but I, that's what, just, I don't think it just, will. I don't think it will. This is just this is just a bit dodgy. Um, but talking about Disney, uh, they released a new trailer this week. Infinity War. Did anyone see it? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. What did you guys think of it? Excited? Yeah. It, yeah. I wasn't excited before at all for any Marvel film. Mm. Mm-hmm. I never are these days. Um, but yeah, it, that scene where they're all running together, like whole Captain America, uh, Black Panther, Black Panther mm. all those guys. That's it. That looks exciting. And Thanos in general. The idea that there is going to be a villain that could genuinely fuck everyone up. Mm. And the filmmakers are saying that there's going to be devastating consequences. Yeah. That's interesting. It's good to have stakes in the MCU, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Do you yeah. remember what stakes used to feel like oh, in the MCU? Man. I can't. We've had them like twice in the last six years. Yeah, man. Always medium rare, at least. Yeah. But I tell you what, <laughs> no, that was good. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you for that one, actually. Where's the sizzle gun? <laughs> but, you know, props to Marvel for actually giving themselves a visual effects budget because the CGI, with the exception of one shot of Iron Man, actually looks decent. Actually looks decent. You know? Well done. Let's talk about that shot where Thanos one bangs Iron Man. Oh that my. was swift. Literally. Swift justice. Right hook to his mm. jaw. Stay. I hope he stays down, man. That was embarrassing. Got, <laughs> got, got pieces of Iron Man's jaw flying off. Oh, Bloody yeah. hell! Put that in your jaw, fresh. Absolutely, Mike, Twi- Mike, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Oh yes. Yeah. But it's um, the most viewed trailer of all time. Yeah, most, in that twenty-four hours. It broke yeah, because a lot of these, I realize a lot of these Marvel, Marvel shields. They're mar- they are mindless slaves. Mindless slaves. Mindless slaves. You know Not like see? DC with Superman's. Uh, Arm shin pads. <laughs> shin pads on his arm. Shoulder pads. <laughs> I want to see Thanos making a motherfucker swallow an infinity stone. Mm. <laughs> well, oh, uh, he needs the infinity stones, so he's probably yeah, going to shit him out. Yeah, we'll get him to shit it out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you remember Guardians of the Galaxy when Ophelia Lovett Bonds like, grabbed it, she exploded. So he might just get like Hawkeye to swallow like one gem for fun. Why Hawkeye? What's Hawkeye doing there? We just introduced his family in Age of Ultron. Yeah, so we feel something when he dies. We have stakes now. Uh, we do have stakes. Now they're well done. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's just move on to the main topic before I create more horrible puns. And on this segment, we call it Tommy Wiseau. Is that you? We don't like foreigners. Uh, <laughs> on this segment, we all pretend to give our best uh, Tommy Wiseau impressions due to the fact that we just finished watching The Disaster Artist. But we love the man as well. We love the man. In a very deep, we, we profound him, way. Isn't it? We yeah. adore him. So uh, who, wants, who wants to start first? Not me. Uh, shall I have a go? Yeah, yeah go, on. go on, Tom. Have a go. So am I just making up a line? Or? Uh, I think I'll try should, and pick one from the yeah. I think you should pick one of your favourites from the room. Uh, hold on. Just let me just talk talk amongst yourselves while I try and. So, what do you think of the pedestrian? I don't like super. Of, I don't like Superman's arms. Oh, you don't like his. Uh, I don't like that Aquaman pads. either. Aquaman, I don't oh, like Zack Snyder. Is it a bit too? I did like the tongue. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. okay, that was coherent, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm going to make this a physical transformation as well. Oh my I'm god. Go like that with he's my got, eye. He's got the eye. Go like while the audience can't fucking see you, man. Okay, so I'm here. This for for the audience. I'm twitching one of my eyes. He is like the poster for the room. This is poetic okay. cinema. Uh, 
We're gonna make a Hollywood movie film, Greg. <laughs> Tom became a pirate. That sounded like something, but Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I, oh, I, I barely knew you. Um, what about you, Toby? Okay, let me give you as a long no as a long fan no, of. I'll give that, that. plot lines ring. Of, um, <laughs> Seriously, how how can I improve? <laughs> well, you can listen to him first. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Toby? Well, I'm going to mix together some lines from the room. Okay, here we go. Oh, hi, Danny. You look uh, great. You look uh, baby face. Ah, you're trimming. You're not good. You, you, you're just a chicken. Chip, 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 chip. That's bad. That was, that was actually that pretty good. Oh, was it? Oh, that thank was you. actually pretty good. Thank you, James. The, I'd say the second one, it sounded like you just having a stroke. <laughs> the third one mm. was a lot better. Well, well you know, I have first hand experience of that. So It was it was a lot better. Okay, let me see what I can do here. Okay, definitely. <clears> no pressure. No pressure here. How can you follow on from what has just happened? I know, especially yours, Tom. That was brilliant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think it. I think he sounds a little like this. <clears throat> he betrayed me, and I don't care anymore. I am fed up with this world. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how's your sex life? Anyway, my, you know I can't tell you that it's confidential. Anyway, how is your sex life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, like that. Okay, should we do another round of Tommy's laugh? Who can do Ah, Tommy's yes, laughing? okay. First of all, Dapper, I thought that sounded a bit like Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah, Woody Allen in Casino Royale. Bloody the hell. 60s one, not the proper one. Oh, Jesus Christ. Casino Royale? Yeah, 67, yeah. He, oh, he's yeah. one of the James Bonds. For those who don't know, it was a parody film. Oh, fair enough, okay. Okay, so, so Dapper, go first for the laugh. <laughs> what a story, Mark. I'd say that was a 6.4... But like the orange advert 6.4, you know, so it was like a big thing. Okay, yeah, nice, nice. Mm. Okay, Toby? Was it Tango? Yes, you know yeah, you'd be tango. tangoed. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> that was even worse, so I will give that a five. You guys don't have to tell me what it was. Okay, well, what about you, Tom? <laughs> that's more Bella Lugosi Dracula than Yeah, that's what I was saying. Was like, that's good. Honest, I am better at doing whatever you just said mm. Bella Lugosi's Dracula the original That's Dracula the from one. the 30s that, yeah sorry I got confused mm. very easy to between know. that and Bella Lugosi's Dracula they are they, they've got a similar vibe so, you'd be surprised you know, you know, no, no. so that was possibly the worst segment we've ever done Let's nah the, the, the listeners love it now. they love it they love it so, who won that who were you going to say I'm, I'm going to say Toby, Toby yeah, well I'm going to say Clive Toby well done. no I'm not a winner I'm just simply doing a job I think we're all winners here <laughs> Goodness no, we get good effort stars at school. Yeah, we did. Us millennials, damn millennials. Okay, so moving on from that shambles of a segment, we are now onto the main topic where we're going to be discussing the disaster artist. We went to see this on Monday. Wonderful film. It was a br- and we loved it. Basically, we loved it. Mm. We loved it because it really took us back to watching The Room for the first time. Should we talk about The Room for our listeners who haven't seen it, or maybe you're slightly unaware of it? And B, we loved it because it was just a good film as it was. But yes, yes, we should, we should. Um, who wants to give a quick brief into The Room? Well, we have a special relationship, don't we, Dapper? Because we discovered it when we were about 16. Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, but we discovered it via loads of clips of the best scenes on YouTube. It's this film... I'm sure most of you have, actually, yeah. But... Yeah, yeah, that's like me and quite a lot of other people. But you, like, if you've seen the best bits, you can't have seen it. On YouTube, yeah. But I definitely want to see the whole fucking thing now. The sex scenes are something to behold. But it's basically... <laughs> it's a. It's meant to be a Tennessee Williams-esque drama. Yeah. 
it's not about anything. It's called The Room because there's this room that everyone comes to. That's the logic. It's about this guy called Johnny who's very weird, but everyone keeps telling you that he's a great guy and has a job. He's dating this girl that he's about to get married to, and she starts... Excuse the burp. Sleeping with his mates. It's a burp-worthy film. Um, and eventually he finds out and commits suicide for some reason. That's not a spoiler. It's hilarious. But the thing about The Room is Johnny is portrayed to be this all-round American guy. Great guy. He's a banker. He's got mm. a nice job. He's got a nice uh, fiancé, or should I say future wife. They never and use the word fiancé. They never use the word fiancé. About 10 times they say future wife. Mm. He, has a great, he has great friends. He's, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's living a great life. But what actually happens behind the scenes is um, his life is falling apart. And alongside this, what really makes the room great is the fact that there are a myriad of plot lines that go unanswered and never come up again. For instance, his mother-in-law, future mother-in-law, having breast cancer, a drug dealer, and uh, approaching his friend, son, mm. brother, uh, Denny. Uh, nobody knows. And this is what makes The Room great. This is what makes this film so incredible. It's been called the Citizen Kane of bad films. But, you know, it's interesting. In recounting the main beats of the film, you realise that Suicide Squad is worse. <laughs> This is the worst film of all time, and it's still better than a lot of the big budget films coming out. Well, no, one or two of the big budget it's films. It's more enjoyable, today. definitely. It's more enjoyable, but also the plot makes more sense. <laughs> Just think about it really loud. And this plot makes no sense. It makes no there are these sense. two characters who come to the room and want. Well, they're a couple. The girl gives her boyfriend a blowjob. Yeah. And then Literally. one of them says to Tommy Wiseau, well, Johnny, the main character, he's like, oh, um, and then your mother in law walked in, she saw my underwear. And then they disappear. There's no resolution. There's no nothing. You just watch this guy getting a blowjob and reacting in the weirdest way. Yeah, yeah. And there's no payoff. Because, just because, that Tommy wanted to include this in the film. But also, blowjobs have no payoff, as you know. Ha, 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 ha. So, yeah, let's get into the, let's get into the disasterized. Because, it, as we said, it was a great film. It's amazing. I think it'll be easier to say what I didn't like about it then compared to what I did, because there's a lot yeah. I did like about it. There's hardly anything I didn't like about it. So I'm going to start by saying what I didn't like about it, just to get out of the way, really. Um, if you don't know, The Disaster Artist is actually based on a book written by um, one of the main characters in the film, uh, played by Greg Sestero, also one of Tommy's closest friends in real life. Mm. The actor wrote it, not yeah, the actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in, in the film, in, sorry, in the book, The Disaster Artist, um, it's kind of split into two. Simultaneously, it describes their their relationship from the late 90s. And it also describes, at the same time, kind of um, the making of the room. So it kind of like cuts between the two. Mm. The one chapter will be one, the other chapter will be the other. It's funny, because I heard bits of the audiobook around the time it was released, mm-hmm. um, read by Greg Sestero. And his whole attitude towards what happened seemed very sort of lighthearted and jokey. But this is actually a fairly dramatic film. It was a very, very, fairly dramatic film, and and I, and I, well, I guess one of the things I wasn't too pleased about was how much they didn't include from the book. Now I understand really? in, in order to have a clear narrative structure, mm. a clean one as well. Uh, you know, there's things you have to change or things you have to kind of like leave out just to make sure it isn't you know uh, convoluted. Is there any examples that they? Yeah, well, the book that yeah, was so yeah. Ridiculous. So 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 it's the little things like Greg's mum was a massive influence on on Greg himself. She was one yeah. of his biggest detractors from being an actor in the first place. Mm. And we barely saw that. We only saw his mum for one scene and that was her, you know, her her 
voicing her doubts, but yeah. in the book she'd she'd be voicing her doubts and be she'd be like a major part major part of his life mm. throughout it. See, I can kind of understand why they did that though, because the film's focus is on actually more on Tommy Wiseau yeah. and yeah, the their relationship. But I get yeah. I guess the book written by Greg Sestero would be more of a like personal yeah. first person perspective. And, and I understand why they didn't obviously include, but I I would have loved to have seen, for instance, she's she's a French woman, mm. his mum. And I would have loved. They got uh, Megan Mullally from Parks and yeah, Recreation doing yeah. an American accent in this film. I didn't know that. I would. I would have loved to have seen um, her kind of her fiery personality, as he yeah. described in the book, more oh. in this film. For instance, in yeah. the book, he she actually asked Tommy in the car, "Don't have sex with my son." Wow. Because because she generally thought that this grown ass man taking his eighteen year old or nineteen year old to Hollywood. Yeah, he was cruising. Yeah, yeah I think it was more implied in the mm. film. Though. Yeah, and I think it would have been a bit like, oh, is that just yeah. for a laugh that she's just said? Yeah, that? fair, fair enough, fair enough. But one thing that, and I don't mean to bring this up as like a counterpoint, but just as more an addition, this film doesn't necessarily feel like a faithful adaptation of the events because as soon as they announced the film and they announced that Dave Franco was playing Greg Sestero I said no he's about six inches too short yeah. he's got the fakest <laughs> looking fucking beard yeah. um, but it was only after seeing it that I realised that this is kind of not just its own thing but it's trying to portray a particular world in a particular way yeah. Yeah, and yeah. there is a fair amount of creative licence taken with that Oh yeah. so like you said as a faithful adaptation of the events Maybe not. Maybe not. There are no. points where it gets very dramatic and I'm thinking, no, nah, Tommy Wiseau wasn't that much of a, you know, so-and-so. Oh, well, actually, no. He oh, really? Um, yeah, oh, really? He was. He's probably even worse. Yeah. Oh, motherfucker. If anything, if anything, he but was But surely worse. everyone just laughed at him. No one, no, like, no, really. No. Um, so I guess I don't really have major no, negatives about the film. Yeah. I really like this film. I um, gave it a nine on IMDb. I'm pretty shocked yeah, I did that. It, it, was, it was simple in the way that it was a clear narrative structure. We, mm. we kind of there wasn't anything unexpected that was going to happen. We, we kind of knew, understood the, dy- the the dynamic about five minutes in, mm. and it was kind of just watching this whole thing unravel. You were kind of wondering what is actually going to happen between these two, and that's what I really loved about, it, amongst yeah. other things as well. There but was, yeah, let, let, let's get into what we liked about the disaster. <sighs> One of so the main much. aspects for me, which is something I I don't think I've seen in a film before, and it's the theme of failure. And the fact that, so this guy has everything. He has unlimited money, yep. apparently, according to the banker yeah. in the film. Uh, he, he has all the equipment because he's just bought it all. <laughs> he's, he's a pioneer because he's shooting in two formats of films. So he has everything at hand and yet he fails incredibly. Yeah. But because of the fact that the film has like an enormous uh, bit of heart to it, because you, you really fucking feel for this guy. Yeah. Mm. you're like, this could happen to any of us. Yeah. It's because of that heart that it's still motivational. I agree. Because and it also pays off at the end because mm. it, it's, it's, the film's likeable in the way that he didn't yeah. actually want it to be. I feel like still a payoff. we've all been fed this kind of idea that if you try hard enough, you yeah, will succeed. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And this film did basically say, no, you could try as hard as you can. But sometimes you don't have it. Yeah, you just you might just not have it. You might just be genuinely shit. Something yeah. this film made me feel a bit um, regretful over, or for, mm-hmm. is the fact that this is a film, and this is a man who I spent the majority of my later teenage years taking the piss out of, and kind of finding a bit of a joke, mm-hmm. only to grow up and find out that he has a very inspirational life story and yeah. has actually got, well, should we say integrity? Is that the word? Uh, not really maybe something like that well he has he has integrity but it's a different form yeah it's an alien integrity yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I think as he as he mentioned about the themes it also did kind of uh, um, 
portrayed like it really did develop themes really well mm-hmm. one of the other themes that i uh, did really notice was this kind of theme of uh, chasing your dreams it is linked to failure yeah but the fact that greg moved from san francisco age 19 to uh los angeles mm. you know staying with this man that he barely knew all to chase this dream of like a of like this kind of american yeah. dream you yeah know? and that was one of the other overriding things mm. of the film kind of following your dreams and this american yeah. dream that these two men from completely different backgrounds were, were both chasing but sometimes like, and this is a pretty maybe an important message in this day and age sometimes you will succeed but the results will be the opposite of what you yeah, expected. In a, in a different way that you yeah. totally expected. But he still succeeded because Tommy Wiseau is now, we're talking about him yeah. in the UK, exactly. thousands of miles from where he lives. Exactly. You know, we, we might be going to see him at the Prince Charles Theatre cinema, sorry, because they're doing a uh, screening of the room. That's where they basically do the UK screenings of the room where you go and throw spoons at the screen. Yeah. But there is also a chance that if the film gets uh, nominated for Best Picture in the Oscars, mm. that Tommy Wiseau Tommy might could live. end up with a fucking Oscar. Yeah. I hope so. I want to see him on that stage. <laughs> oh God, I would love to see That'd him. That'd be so much stage. validation. Yeah. So much validation. Like, that'd be absolutely fantastic. And one thing um, coming into the disaster artist I was actually really scared of um, was the fact that the cast was very... As soon as I saw Zac Efron cast, I was very iffy. <gasps> Can we talk about him, please? I was very iffy about the cast because I just mm. thought maybe it's, it sounds like it's going to be a bit silly. How can Zac Efron uh, play the this menacing drug dealer? And he was absolutely fantastic. Zac Efron is actually a very good actor. He was fantastic. He has always yeah. impressed me. That film Seventeen again that he made back in '09. Yeah, haven't seen it recently, but from what I remember, you know, it's it's a you know it's a comedy, it's a lighthouse comedy. But he is he delivers a very good performance he in does. that. You know, he's a very talented actor. And it came through here yeah. in, in, in the disaster. So he's he, not in it very much. Yeah, he had it? Maybe about five minutes of screen time. Three minutes, mate, if not yeah. less. And, and and the scenes he was in, specifically uh, as the drug dealer and mm. in and um, during the premiere, it was, it, was just, yeah. it was brilliant. I'm glad you brought up that scene of him as a drug dealer because this film does, there are a couple of technical feats, if you can call them that. But the biggest one, I think, is that they replicate shots from the room to a T. Even to the point where this scene we're talking about is actually a deleted scene that you can go and watch on YouTube that we saw a few years ago. Because it's the same scene that takes place in the actual film, but they shot it at a different location. They recreate this deleted scene exactly as it was. Right down to Greg Sestero holding the gun without actually holding the trigger. The small... Like, this is made... By fans of the room, yeah, for fans of the that's room. That's what I love, and that that's yeah, likewise. It's not made by um, a fucking big uh, studio to who, teach you what this film is. No, no, this is made by people who actually who've seen mm. the room multiple times, absolutely adore the room, and want to kind of recreate what it means to them. There's also the very valid point that James Franco almost represents what Tommy was I wanted to be. Yeah. And James himself says he he can empathise mm. with how, how Tommy is as an artist. Yeah. Like and that that adds a whole other layer mm. to the whole filmmaking process to to the film in general because apparently James Franco in parts of the film were, was directing it in character. Yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah. But speaking of James Franco, yeah, l- round of applause. Let's talk about James Franco's performance here because I thought I don't think we Solo can really, round of especially for that butt, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can really talk about the disaster as well without talking about James Franco. I feel like James he Franco was, cemented his position as a legitimate artist with this like film. No he, pun intended. He, <laughs> he was absolutely brilliant mm. in this, wasn't he? He was absolutely brilliant. Because, it, I mean, he's doing the best Tommy Wiseau impression, unlike we just did. Yep. But it doesn't feel like an impression. It doesn't. It feels like a character. Yeah. And if you guys 
uh, are to watch, have watched The Room or, you know, will watch uh, clips on YouTube, you'll see that this is not a joke. Tommy Wiseau, his accent is strange. His mannerisms are strange. His his, his dialogue, the way he speaks, mm. is very strange. And James Franco got that down to a T. He, he got his broken English down. Yeah. He got his... You know, it, was, it was brilliant. But there are things about Tommy Wiseau that we always used to, not scrutinise or obsess over, but we, we knew growing up that no one knows where he's from. He's yeah. probably Polish, but he says he's from New Orleans. Um, no one knows how old he is. He's probably about 60-something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the end of this film, after the story takes place, which is, is common knowledge, you can go and Google that shit. Um, there's like one of these like biopic text bits, like at the end of Goodfellas or something, saying Tommy Wiseau. So at the end it said, nobody knows where he's from. Nobody knows how old he is. And I was like, you know what? You're one of us, man. You're one of us. How <laughs> so? Because it just felt like viewing it from the similar attitude, you know, it felt like people who had reacted to the same way that we did when we were 16. Yeah. Reacting in a similar way, but it's James Franco and Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Talk about Seth Rogen, actually. I think Seth Rogen, he, he kind of, he, he, his acting style in particular, in the past, in certain other comedies, has polarised a few people. You think? I think he can yeah, be quite, it, well, can it be quite annoying. It always seems as if he's himself Same yeah, character. playing him. Yeah, mm. but I think Almost in this, I think, I think in this, I think he was perfectly fine. He was a bit more, I've never really seen Seth Rogen play the straight man, but he kind of does play yeah, the straight man in this because he's got this very over-the-top character and he's just like, you want me to do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah if you don't know, yeah. Seth Rogen plays um, Sandy Schler, uh, I think a script supervisor who's basically becomes the director of the, of the room. And... Yeah, he just kind of plays the straight guy mm. to uh, Tommy Wiseau's uh, or James Franco's outlandish personality, and he does it really, really well. And it's really surprising um, to see that. I did. I did want to make a point, like contrary to what you were saying earlier about the casting. I did think the casting was amazing because, yes. like, I'm a bigger American comedy fan, and nearly every person in that crew were being played by these like fucking great guys, like Nathan for you. Nathan Fielder. Nathan- Paul Shear, Nathan Manzu, Jason Manzu. Jason Manzu. Oh, yeah. Um, Hannibal yes. Burris. Hannibal Very it? cheeky cameos from Hannibal Burris yeah, and yeah. Uh, Judd Apatow. They Apatel. weren't even saying, they weren't, yeah, Judd Apatow. They weren't even having lines. Yeah. They were just there to show, yeah, it was almost as if they were holding up a fist and saying, yeah, we support Tommy as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm, um, I remember you guys actually came late to the cinema. The first. Oh, right. yeah. I don't have to. I came earlier than you, Tom. <laughs> the, the, the beginning of the film was basically about 10 different celebrities talking about what the room means to them. Oh, shit. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, so it uh, had um, uh, Adam Scott. Had, yeah. Had uh, um, 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 something. In character, as, as themselves. Yeah, as themselves. Uh, mm. Who's the lady who played Veronica Mars? Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Had quite a few. Oh, yeah, we should go see quite, this film again. I'd miss. I came in at the start with I was the acting do class. That anyway. Yeah, quite a few different. Quite a few, quite a few different people. Damn, hey. son. And yeah, it, it, and it was just it. You begin to realize that this wasn't just a film made just because it was mm. a film made by people who loved the room, yeah, who, who loved seeing it and wanted to recreate what it meant to them. This is why Hitchcock said, "Turn up at the start of the cinema for Psycho because you're missing <laughs> shit." The start of the cinema, start of the film. So yeah, I mean, apart from the performances, apart from the themes that they, that, that that they developed, I really liked the Disaster Artist because. It was quite funny, wasn't mm. it? It was but quite it funny. It didn't feel like it was set to be funny. No. It no, was no, a drama, no. really. But it I laughed till I cried. It was a drama. Did you? I had a tear going down my right eye. None of you saw that because you were in the dark. <laughs> but I think that I think that's very like 
valid though mm. because there were times it was really emotional like Tommy's kind of like realising that oh shit people actually do like it not mm. in the way that he wanted it to yeah that kind of validation at the end that everything he'd been hoping for mm. came to pass you, yeah but it shed some light on some things because when we got into the room and when we first started looking up Tommy Wiseau the man the myth the legend he was hyping up this shit of oh yeah I intended it to be funny <laughs> now we know he definitely fucking didn't oh definitely not but definitely that's not. public record now which is quite yeah. nice it's almost our personal validation so before we uh, round up let's quickly mention that they have actually um, Tommy Wiseau and Crooks Estera actually have a new film coming out called Best Friends it releases next year oh yes it's going to be shown in the Prince Charles Cinema in February so get your tickets as soon as you can but uh, rounding so, off this review of the disaster artist uh, do you want to give it a plot on popcorn rating? Okay, I have to be honest, you know, personal attachment aside, it's got a plot line rating of one because there is no plot. <laughs> but it has a popcorn rating of five because it's shit, badly made, but you enjoy it like nothing else on this earth. I was talking about the disaster artist, bro. Oh, fuck. Oh, sorry. Uh, I thought it was talking about the room. Ah, God. Okay. Um, five, five, because it's sick. Okay, great. Uh, for me, the disaster artist, uh, plot lines rating of 3.5. I think it was great. I think it was simple, but it worked. Popcorn rating, a five. It was glorious to watch. For the room, five. For all, it's the greatest of all time. You should know this. Tom? I'm going to give the plot line a four because I think before they got to Hollywood, I was going, oh, yeah, okay. Like, it is going to go at a steady pace. And then as soon as they got to Hollywood, it Blam. really, yeah, yeah mm. it fucking took off. Uh, so I'll give it a four for plot line and popcorn, I'd give it 4.5. Nice. Cheers. Nice. Okay, and to end the episode, we're going to play a quick round of P&P Recommends. This is where we, the host, give you, the listener, a film to watch based on the topic of the episode this week and say why. I'm going to start. I'm going to um, recommend a film about making films. It's about making a dirty film, actually. It's about. It's called Boogie Nights. Oh, it's got uh, a fucking great soundtrack. It Paul has. Paul it's Thomas fucking Island. amazing. It's a great. It's a great soundtrack. Great cast as well. Mark great Wahlberg, film. Don Cheadle, Julianne Moore, John T. Riley, Alfred Molina. Yeah, Alfred has everyone in it. Yeah. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Jesus yeah, Christ. exactly. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's about um, a guy, a young young guy, high school dropout, became, becomes a porn star, and there's like five different other things going on around him at the same time it's just, it's just it gets crazy that Jesse's girl scene is probably the best scene in the film yeah man it's, it's, it's wild uh, plot lines rating give it a four because there's just so much going on four and a half even there's so much going on I might watch that when I get into that mate you've yeah, kind it, of it, got it, me in the mood for yeah, it. it it's wild I've seen it in wild. a few years and uh, popcorn rating I'll give it a four as well it's, it's a brilliant mm. film I definitely recommend it what about you Toby mine is a documentary trust me to be Ooh. the fucking nerd of the group it is called Empire of Dreams, the story of the Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> Self-explanatory. Yep. But it's also the story of one man's great plight to make his passion project and to prove himself against a world that was telling him, you're a fucking idiot, this is stupid, don't do it, you're in over your head. Yet he busted it and became a millionaire. Billionaire, even. Trillionaire. Um, he keeps on going and going. <laughs> uh, Plotline rating, well, it's the plot of George Lucas's life. I don't know if I want to really rate a man's life. What so. a great life that is. Let's just say a 10 out of 5 for self-respect. Um, popcorn rating. If you're a Star Wars fan, I'd say a 5. If you're not, say a 3.5. But I'd say it's definitely very informative and very fun to watch. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so once again, I have not seen this film. But I have very good reason to recommend it. It's a film called Brigsby Bear. Oh, yes. It's going to be out on Friday uh, nationwide. But just check where, you know, look into where it's going to be on. Um, it's, are you guys uh, familiar with Kyle Mooney? I am very SNL? familiar with Kyle yep. Mooney. 
of also good neighbor th- uh, fame. So check out that YouTube like group. They have some fucking great sketches. So this film has Mark Hamill in it and like Claire Danes and uh, the, a really good cast. Um, and the film is based on basically nineties na- nostalgia for children programs. Mm. Oh yeah. So like Saved by the Bell and yeah. all the. Uh, and others. Yeah. There's a bit of Truman Show in there as well, isn't there? Yeah, there's a hint of Truman Show. But that's the thing. Do not read into what it's about because apparently this is from Mark Hamill's mouth himself. He said that it's one of the most original screenplays he's ever read. Yeah. And that's Mark Hamill of Star from Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Little film called Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know if you heard of it. I mean, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, definitely did because Toby just mentioned it. Um, what's your plot line's ring? Uh, I'm, well, I haven't fucking seen it. <laughs> This is true. My you bad. charlatan. Five. <laughs> no, apparently it's meant to be very... It looks good. It looks very good. Yeah, very These are big words. These are big words. Okay, so that is the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week where we'll... We won't be here next week. We're not going to be... There's not going to be an episode next week. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, baby. But the episode after that, I think it's going to be... A, Star Wars. It's going to be a little thing called The Last Jedi. Star Wars. Where we review... Still, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> So check that out. But of course, uh, don't forget to you know subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Plotline Podcast at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we will see you when we see you. Have a great week, guys. Happy listening. Happy viewing. Does anyone want to see my stamp collection? <laughs>